Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Underhood Show presented by Melhomin Ford. My name is Phil Nightingale. I'm the general manager here at Melhomin Ford and Josh Proffitt, our service director. Morning, Josh. Good morning. Beautiful Saturday morning out there. Yes, it, it is. October. Yes, Love it. it. Yes, it is. So, hey, hey, anyway, this is a call-in show. I want to show you no, you get paid to call in on 316-462-3673. And uh, that's the number to call in. It comes right to our front desk here at the dealership. Tell them you want to get passed into the podcast. And it's anything ailing your car. Tires, brakes, batteries. You want to talk about anything in the racing world you want to talk about anything in the uh new products whatever it might be we're here to answer your questions and uh whatever maybe we have some trivia today josh we haven't any trivia could. in a while yeah we could do that and uh help you with that stuff so whatever you got when it always comes with a great price package about over 130 bucks and delbert alt's already on there this morning morning delbert and uh, as always, Josh, what's in that package value at over 130 bucks? So we're going to mail it out to you, but it's going to consist of the works, which is an oil change and tire rotation. Uh, we use Motorcraft oil and filter products here at Mel Hamilton Ford. Uh, while we're doing that, we're also going to complete the uh, multi-point inspection on the vehicle, checking over the brakes, tires, steering, suspension, all the safety-related components of the vehicle, uh, just making sure that it's uh, ready to go for that next 5,000 miles of driving. You'll also receive yourself $10 to Mel's Diner, so you can get yourself something to eat and drink while you're here with us at the Big Corner. Complete nitrogen for your tires, so you get all the great benefits that uh, nitrogen has to offer. And then a BG Products package, which is going to consist of a can of MOA or motor oil additive, and then uh, 44K for your fuel system. Again, just getting that uh, vehicle geared up and ready to go for that next 5,000 miles of driving. All right, 316-462-3673. And uh, Josh Delbert says, welcome back to the show. Your yeah. fans missed you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you. Yeah. So anyway, uh, anyway, Josh uh, had a big phone call Thursday with Ford going over the 23 Super Duty and the order bank and stuff. And it's going to open up next week or done a little differently. And I kind of get what's going on because of what's happened. Normally they go out and they build the high end with all the options, all the trucks. This time they're turning around. They're going to start off with the XLs, XLTs, and Lariats. And I, they didn't say it, but I know what it is. It's because it takes less of the chips, the less yeah. of the parts, and all the stuff they can do. All the trucks with what they, all the new tech and everything else like that's going to come in what they call Job Two, which they really haven't announced when Job Two is. I'm guessing somewhere around. You know, they're going to build the 22s all the way into the end of December. And yeah, we've got some customers that had orders in there that aren't going to get 22. So we have to figure out how we're going to get, uh, uh, that taken care of. But then the, uh, uh, order bank will open up here next week on the 23 and then I'll start building 23s in January. So I'm guessing job two, March or April timeframe is what I'm guessing from that part. No, and I'm, uh, I'm sure to, there, there's a lot of fleet customers out there retail customers that are way behind us, you know, mm -hmm. and, and they're running, there's running these vehicles longer, uh, just out of necessity, uh, from that side. And so I'm sure there's a huge demand for that kind of base model truck out there from the fleet side of things, I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, it's, it is a huge demand on everything else. What's happening there from that part, but uh, exciting to see that truck in person. And when we saw it there in Vegas, the new car show, it's a, a lot of new stuff, a lot of new things there from that truck. So, uh, Anyway, Delbert Alt's getting an oil change down in Oklahoma. Josh and I forgot we needed to call him after last week's show to schedule a appointment for him to get in here. He's got an issue with his fusion of uh, hesitating once he accelerates and stuff, so I don't know what we might have there. So we've got to get an appointment set up for Delbert and get him in here and 
get him down here from Oklahoma and see what's going on with that fusion when it, he says it's just like it hesitates and he's got to kind of even when he passes a car or does something like that it it does that so we got to get him a shout tomorrow or after the show and get him an appointment it's my fault okay. for not remembering that and he kind of reminded me yesterday of it and of course too many irons in the fire yesterday too so you don't say uh, <laughs> anyway james Furman, good morning james <clears throat> so anyway um uh, so it's good, exciting to see that truck and, and see what's going on there when that 23 arrives and probably start seeing them in late February is what I would guess, uh, the 23 truck. So if you haven't seen the truck, whatever, jump out there in Ford.com. They've got a bunch of stuff on there about the new Super Duty and things, too. So got well, a lot of new stuff coming. Yeah, the Mustang is the other one. Yeah, I wish we could have some times. They say summertime is when that 24 Mustang is going to be here. It's going to be the 23 Mustang. Everybody was thinking it wasn't going to be a 23 Mustang. Well, there is yeah. uh, going to be a very, very, very short run of a 23 Mustang. Uh, no GT500 for 23, and I don't think there's going to be a GT500 for 24 either uh, uh, in that part. But they're going to have this dark horse version that's supposed to be a pretty badass little deal. Yeah. So, and I don't, I mean, it's not really that uncommon for a manufacturer to go half mid year into something and then just label it like a heritage edition if it's an older yeah. version versus a newer one and stuff like that. So, uh, don't really fall much into the calendar deal. But I don't know. I was uh, thinking back to the, uh, when they, went real public it was the f-150 then when they switched from the uh to the all aluminum uh body and they you know bragged about kind of flipping that plan around and mm -hmm. what was it 48 hours or you know i don't remember exactly what the timeline was but just all the work that they had to do to flip that plan around in that short amount of time i mean it was very impressive and i remember seeing all the videos of them taking that stuff out of there and and uh you know getting the new tooling and equipment in there um and I just can't imagine the the logistics every time you change a body or change a design or, you know, of, of what that takes. Yeah, I do remember that when they had that plant, they kind of did that speed up deal. Uh, fast forward video of it or, yeah. yeah. Uh, tore it down and put her back together. I mean, it was emptied, emptied that thing. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, have you ever toured an assembly plant? Yes, I have. Yeah. I've been through quite a few, to be honest with you. I went through... Uh, it was kind of neat back in the early 90s when I was on a board with Pontiac. Uh -huh. And they were making the Bonneville in uh, up there by St. Louis. It was a little, little town out of St. Louis. Can't remember the name of it or whatever. Uh, but we actually got to go in uh, as they were making prototypes of the, of the Bonneville. It was a 92 Bonneville. Anyway, they had us go in there. And then we went in these special rooms where they just pulled cars into this room. And they just started tearing them apart, doing different things and analyzing stuff. And they actually took us in there and asked us our opinion of things. Really? On the car. Yeah. And so we gave them our opinion and stuff like that. But what was really cool is when those cars finally hit the showroom, the things we had talked about changing in the car, they were changed. They, it was cool. Done, I mean, it was, it was really done, cool. I wish they'd do that today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from that part. To yeah, do that. To, uh, you know, I think everybody would have a, a newfound respect. I've never been able to tour a uh manufacturing plant or an assembly plant from that side of things but just all the moving parts you know and all the autumn uh the computerization uh, of the assembly and and everything like that i'm sure is uh, very very impressive uh to be able to see it all kind of come together so to speak yeah and then i went through the uh, this is way back to probably nine or ten i went through the uh, focus plant and uh, what was neat about that plant is where they took us on this one, it actually had rolls of steel being shipped in on trucks. 
and you'd watch them go through the plant. We walked that whole thing through to where that that basically they rolled that out and that steel out and started stamping hoods was the first thing you started stamping. Yeah. To watch those stamps go through, it's pretty it's incredible to watch those things pound those things out and how they can get the quality and keep them the same and all that kind of stuff too. Uh but uh, so I've been through that one. I'm trying to think there's one other one I went through too, and I can't remember what it was. So have you been through a plant? I've never been through an assembly plant. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's we, pretty wild. We were going to, uh, this has been many, many years ago, but we were in Bowling Green and we were going to tour the, the Corvette plant over there, which I, I'm not sure if that would be, you know, uh, as similar as like an F 150 plant because just thinking of the sheer volume difference uh, between those two. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've heard that it's, that it's, just really any assembly plant like Anything that is, is, cool. is going to be extremely impressive. Well, it's kind of like sure. we through the so, Hoosier tire plant. I remember yeah, doing a tire yeah. uh, and watch a tire get built. I didn't well, have I, no idea there was that much into a tire. You know, and I, I've before previous to going into that plant, I really just envisioned maybe a couple of put a couple of molds they poured hot rubber into yeah. it and <laughs> melted up and bam you had a tire you had a tire right you yeah. know uh but uh, then I, uh, to, to walk through that thing and just see the manpower and what they put into making sure that you know what hits the ground is a quality product is is absolutely crazy uh you know for sure so you know now i can tell why we now have load force balancers so too. yeah <laughs> yeah well i would agree with that you know because so. every one of them is going to be different and you know we have uh, sitting there seeing well it's just like you're saying seeing that uh, massive blob of rubber rubber come in and then you know they're they're treating it with different chemicals and testing it as it's going through these gigantic rollers uh oh just, yeah just to make sure that it's exactly <laughs> what they want uh, as far as the compound goes before they ever even get started uh on that but you know to to take a, a raw material like that and then see it come out and be the yeah to be something to make something is is definitely pretty impressive okay so who's been in a through a semi-plant call us up 316-462-3673 don't care what it is yeah what kind of any kind any of a semi-plant you've been through yeah give us a call let us know what kind of a plant you went through what was kind of blew you away was amazing about that plant and stuff like that too 316-462-3673 who's been through in a semi-plant and seen something built from basically nothing all the way through or whatever from that part, any kind of assembly would be cool here, but that is, I used to like, uh, uh, different things you'd watch on TV. I can't oh yeah. What, yeah. How, how it's made, how it's made yeah. or something like how that. How it's made. Yep. Watch that. Uh, you know, still quite often <laughs> as a matter of fact, from that side. So in the, uh, through the vehicle assembly plant, did you like, as far as the, the painting stage, how did that work? Well, that was, uh, the one I remember well is the focus plant uh-huh. and it's just a uh, big old room full of lines. And then you got these big old huge vats of colors. But what I still can't figure out is how they change colors. Yeah. Because those cars are coming down the line. They just a whole bunch of white ones and a whole bunch of silver ones and a whole bunch of the, it's not, they're all mixed in together, yeah. all different colors and stuff and how that thing works. Do a to, black one, do a blue one, to to a, shut yeah. those lines off and refeed another gun or what they do. They didn't get us all into that deep into that because you probably can't because the you know the chemicals, chemicals and, else, and, yeah. uh, and everything else too but the, but it's a big room full of vat and all these lines are just running you can see the colors mm-hmm. in the vats and everything and, and and the lines coming through there then going to the guns and stuff but in the focus plane it was robots painting 
well and you they they have that down to such a science as far as just putting the the least amount of paint on the vehicle as possible to do the job you know, oh yeah uh, oh from, yeah from that side i'm sure for for a dollar and cents standpoint you know you figure if you overspray too much one car or you know every car by a, just a couple of inches by the time by the end of the day you could have painted a whole car for that well <laughs> you know? yeah and i i still remember another time i went through a plant um uh, that build transmissions too. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know how to explain this to everybody in the show. So you'll understand it, but the, you have a clutch pack. It's about say seven inches in diameter and it's about four inches tall, give or take somewhere in there. And you would take a f- ring of a, of a steel ring and then a fiber ring and a steel ring and just build that clutch pack up probably six or seven of them deep or whatever. But then the metal part had these notches that went into grooves that held into the outside of that drum so it would hold it and some guy engineered figured out that he could take two of those notches off and not have the notches all the way around and taking those two notches i wish i could remember the numbers or whatever it was millions of dollars that it saved but it, saved them. But it was still enough it was it was still strong enough to hold the call the torque and everything that it needed but removing those two little pieces of metal not having to have that on there it saved millions of dollars over the years of building those transmissions yeah. uh, so it's things like that i mean i think they are in there trying to figure out ways to cut as minimum cost as they can well you know even talking about uh that from that side of it you know we see a lot of vehicles now brand new off the assembly plant that don't have a spare tire with them yeah you know uh but then also you think back okay when was the last time i needed a spare uh, you know, and everybody, I'm with you too, Josh. Uh, of course, today I'm driving down. I guess just getting off 235 on the Kellogg, and there's a trailer sitting there with a trailer tire blowed yeah. out. Well, okay, that's, yeah. that, we know what happened there. He was low on t- air, air pressure, whatever. But how often do you see anybody along the side of the road with a, with a tire at bad? You yeah. don't, you know, like yeah. you used to. I mean, I was back in the days, they cars had two spares. Yeah, <laughs> get where <laughs> or, they were going, or, or you carried in around an extra one, or a floor jack, or you know, just uh, just in case. Well, uh, my dad had a toolbox in the yeah. back, and then he had a little box that had a set of jumper cables in it, and a blanket, and a quart of oil, and some antifreeze, and that he carried with him in the back of his car. That's yeah. what you had to do. Yeah, yep. You know, there was nothing to see somebody along the side of the road, somebody working on the car, or doing something like that. Well, on the other side though, too, your dad would, I, I just know, would be one of those people that if somebody else was on the side of the road, he'd stop. Them. Oh you know, try and help them from yeah. that side of it for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And so it might not have been as much for him as it was for everybody else <laughs> on the side of the road, uh, for sure. So, but you know, you think about it from a manufacturer standpoint, I mean, think of the savings by the time you did the tire and the wheel. And then, I mean, the other side of it is weight, uh, you know, not carrying around the extra weight for, for fuel economy, uh, for sure. So, uh, it's just, a definitely you know i'm sure they're looking at every little thing trying to see what they can save uh here and there but still make it do its job and function uh for sure when it comes to the manufacturing side of things yeah exactly anyway james Furman says he went through a crayola crayon plant how about that would be pretty cool to watch that too be a lot of wax that's what he said yeah wax. but the other thing is freaking seeing the machines that would put those labels around that crayon oh yeah wrap them around there i guess different things like that to set up that automation well just to see how fast it could do it oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly hey 316-462-3673 who's been through an assembly plant would be cool if it was an automobile 
plant, but whatever it is, 316 yeah, at the Crayola Crown plant, it was all automated and it was flying and everything was working great. And then I touched something and ta da, rainbow. <laughs> 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 but yeah, just to, just, just to see how fast that they're able to produce something like that uh, blows me away, you know? Yeah, I get it. Anyway, uh, as we're waiting for the callers to come in, again, anything ailing your car, tires, brakes, batteries, whatever it might be, love to hear from you. And uh, Josh, you know, is, is uh, going to get a lot of windshield time with racing and stuff. I thought about that, too, talking about the, thinking about the radio show this morning. We don't give enough love to, to our sponsors yeah. on this show. We always do it at the last minute or whatever. So let's kind of we, you know, BG products. I mean, it's a great partnership we have with those guys, and uh, we can talk about the Mustang here in a minute. We were just over there a couple weeks ago with our Mustang on the dyno, yep. uh, all the things they have over there, and uh, – I still think it was 86, 87 when I was cleaning injectors on these old port fuel injected cars and stuff and, and, uh, stinking up other guys' stalls and stuff, but everything <laughs> else with that too. So, uh, but then anyway, anything to help, a, help your car live longer, go longer, everything else like that. And that R and D plant they've got over there is just phenomenal for what they do. And there's got those guys in there. That's all they constantly do. They're, they're constantly getting cars from us. And uh, I'll see the guys here all the time getting the cars to check their products and stuff. And it was kind of funny that when we were over there with that, uh, with our Mustang and we put it over on the lift to get that to just those springs on the turbo. And we were talking to what they were doing and they were actually testing other people's products too. Yeah. To make yep. sure that they stand on the cutting edge of all that stuff. So if you need anything that, if you want to make your car live longer, you got to be putting some BG products in it. All if you got something for everyone to extend the life of the oils or anything else. For that well, and here's my thing, you know, especially in today's vehicles, everybody's powertrain is Damn pretty good. durable. Yep. You know, you don't have motors that break. You don't have transmissions that break. The rear differentials or you know any any of the drivetrain components they don't break if they're maintained properly, and that's the key. There's there's you the know, key right that, there. That, that's the key, and these these things will go as many miles as you want really want to put on them uh from that side of things but you know it's the it's the electrical components it's the sensors and switches and and stuff like that that we see just you know deteriorate after time that, that all the electronics uh, becomes a becomes an issue but as far as a powertrain it really doesn't matter what manufacturer it is i mean there's some out there that probably have a a little more um bad reputation than others or or a little bit of black eyes as far as maybe one specific model or motor size or, or motor size in their lineup but for the most part everybody's got a pretty durable powertrain you know it goes back to two it's you know way back in my days they had the pontiac period on the 85s and i thought that was a cool car uh they came out with a little four cylinder back you know back of the car mm -hmm. and stuff then they had the v6 and uh then i saw some after the car got kind of killed it stopped building it the future plans they had for that car was amazing what they had coming down the road and everything else too. But what really happened to that car is people didn't maintain the car and it developed a few oil leaks. And with that engine being behind, it didn't yeah. get no air, air back there to move. So if something started leaking, it just caught fire. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't really the car's fault. It's just that we didn't maintain that car. Did you have a fear? No. Okay. I drove a lot of them. Though. Yeah. I promise you that. I'm, I'm sure. So anyway, the recall that come out on those was basically dropping the motors out of those and completely resealing them up and everything else too. And uh, let me tell you how many of those things I did. Yeah. I mean, I got I had that thing down to a science, man. How I could yank that thing out. Did they drive? I, you know, I don't think I've ever even driven a Fiero. We haven't. They uh, drove pretty uh, cool with the engine in the rear and stuff as far as weight distribution. So basically, they just took you know instead of a front wheel drive, they just moved yeah, it to the just back. Flip it around. Yeah, but uh, then they came up with the V six. Uh, uh, 
GT, I think they called it a GT, and that thing was funny. It was yeah. fast uh, from that part. But, again, I guess the, those are the kind of things that happen. We have to maintain our cars, and we get so lackadaisical, in my opinion. I do, I'm do. i the same way of not maintaining it the way we need to or whatever. And, well, it's just – and I don't think really anybody has misintent. It's just a matter of being busy and, you know – you think back of when something happens and you're like, oh, that was just, uh, you know, six months ago or a oh, year ago. And then it's, it turns out it's four or five years ago. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't think it's just misintent. It's just not, uh, not really taking the we'll time. We'll get it later. We'll get it yeah. later. We'll get it yeah. later. We'll get it later. And then we forget about what it is and how long it's been and all that kind of just, stuff too. Just, so just being busy from that side of things. So, yeah. you know, we talked about, uh, just kind of unique designs. The other one was, uh, that always impressed me, uh, was the quadrasteer vehicles with quadrasteer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Chevrolet. I, never, a, I don't think I've ever drove one of those. You? You didn't drive one of the Chevy pickups or the GMCs with the? I don't think I ever did. So they they had that, and then they had the uh, uh, Dodge had that Stealth, the car that had quadrasteer on it for a little while. I mean, that was way before uh, yeah. GM had come out with theirs. But yeah, I had drove. I've, uh, I think one or two of those trucks. We had there was one that uh, the guy brought into the dealership over at uh hutch um that we worked on or whatever a time or two yeah i remember that coming and in here but i don't remember so I don't, I don't think i drove that car uh, that truck pretty sure i drove it but i always thought that a person pulling a trailer or back in a trailer having that would be cool uh, just yeah uh, unique or different uh for sure and i don't i remember i think the option was like 4500 bucks or something like that to to be able to yeah it have was- it on it which in 2003 2004 that was, big that was a pretty good chunk of change so it just never really caught on you know uh from that side so yeah it didn't it didn't for sure but uh hey 316-462-3673 love to hear from you anything ailing your car tires brakes batteries anything in the racing world anything in new products anything in the automobile world love to hear from you any question you might have or comment or whatever then we can uh, give you this great price package about over 130 bucks so on the mh ford racing side of things we're definitely uh starting to starting to wind down there for sure but out of a couple of different uh events uh this weekend so yeah we are all over this mm-hmm. weekend we are uh, of course up at salina uh, last uh, thursday friday saturday uh for their clash that they have each year which has been postponed uh due to rain here the first part of the month and they rescheduled it up so it's going on uh yeah tonight and then uh, enid was last night and uh at uh, Enid, and then uh, Nick and Matt are in, uh, God, they're in Nebraska, the I-80, I yep. think, mm-hmm. at the World of Outlaw shows up there. So they they got a three-day run through Nebraska, and can't remember where all they're going, but they end up in Kansas City, I think, don't they? Yeah, that is at the uh, lakeside. I can't remember where all they're going. So yep. got a lot of things happening there, too. Going to make a run up to Salina here later with some extra parts to take care of the few racers in Salina. I didn't really hear what happened at Enid, how everything's going there and stuff too, but I know things were good uh, up at I-80 with Nick and the and the World Outlaw guys. And uh, if I wasn't racing, I'd love to go watch those guys run. Those guys are yeah pretty impressive what they can put out and what they do uh, from that part. So, uh, yeah, it is kind of winding down. I think we, uh, of course, you know, we say winding down. We wind down with the dirt track, but then uh, in November we kick off all the go-karts and all that kind of stuff. We're going to be running around doing that kind of thing too to take care of the go-karts and through Oklahoma and uh, part of Kansas and stuff too. I don't know if we get up in Nebraska on the go karts or not too. I haven't, I've heard the schedule, but I haven't really studied that schedule a little bit on the go karts and stuff too. And and uh, from that part, get the Hoosier tires and everything else. Keep those oh, get those kids young in this sport and get them moving up and into you know, the big cars and stuff like that too. So won't be long. It'll be Chili Bowl season. 
It's called Josh. I got tickets. Oh, did you? I got the tickets, baby. I got the tickets. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Sir, you might stay tuned for that. We might have a few giveaway tickets on the old Chili Bowl again. Very good. Like yeah. we kind of do each and every year. Of course, we'll do the radio show live down there again. I've already been talking to Mr. Holbert about it. Hopefully, uh, he can get on the show with us again this year, but I don't know. It depends on timing and all that kind of stuff, too. But uh, Sue, maybe we can get on the show down there at the Chili Bowl with us. We got to get a uh, a good spot down there and everything else, too. Yeah. That part two. We kind of go right there in that entryway, and it's kind of hard to get the internet to work and that kind of stuff too. But uh, so yeah, all kinds of exciting stuff coming. Like you said, it's winding down. We ain't nothing. Well, winding nothing down. Down. <laughs> <laughs> on the dirt track side of things, I guess kind of winding. Yes, the dirt down track there, thing so. it is kind of winding down, and of course we have got the USMTS run coming through again uh, towards the end of the month. So that'll be fun and exciting too. So so did you guys talk much? Uh, I didn't wasn't able to tune in last weekend, but did you just talk much about the the Mustang? the the drag car no we need to talk about that because we kind of we didn't know what happened last week oh okay gotcha we, we went out last friday and uh so if you haven't seen it uh, hunt for horsepower on our on our youtube page and we we're doing different episodes we basically took a brand new 21 mustang and we took it from uh bone stock and took it out to the drag strip and saw what it would run and then we started adding parts and pieces to it and uh, showed you how much more quicker it got in the quarter mile and uh, what it cost you to do that and the dollars and parts and labor and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so that's why we're over BG kind of tuning a little bit more. And so we decided to take it to the track and uh, went out there last Friday and uh, Nick did about a three quarter pass and that thing did a 1001, which was pretty impressive on that part. Yeah. So we geared it back up and uh, took another run at it and uh, he pulled up to the start line and i saw a little bit of smoke coming out the exhaust and i thought oh my that's condensation <laughs> condensation <laughs> were because you convincing yourself or i was trying to yeah i was trying to to uh convince myself that was all what it was because there is a lot of condensation going to yeah. develop with those turbos and the fuels were running and stuff and of course it was pretty cool out too so that's why i thought yeah. oh, it's condensation it was cool friday but it wasn't condensation we got about eighth mile and you know smoke started blowing out of that thing pretty hard and and Nick said it. That's about when the oil started hitting the tires, and uh, we ran a nine eighty four. Uh, so that the, run, that run, still run a nine eighty four. Yeah. But the sixty uh, foot time and the eighth mile time, if he could have had the power all the way through that thing, we'd have went from a ten second car to an eight second car that quick. We know, yeah, just by what those times were and stuff. But again, uh, the oil slicking down and all that kind of stuff too. And the uh, so we finally got the motor in this week, and uh, I kind of push things through a little bit because i need to know what happened and uh so we'll have a video out coming out what happened there i don't want to tease everybody here but we do know what happened to it we do know what the failed part is we do know what's happened so you need to go to hunt for hunt for horsepower on our youtube page and follow that youtube through there and uh we're gonna do a last shot video uh monday morning josh and recapping what happened i don't want to tell everybody what sure, happened yet because sure. the video's coming uh but uh it's exactly what i thought happened yeah. I knew that's what happened when we uh, when it when went. It, when it happened, uh, yeah. I was hoping it was something different in that part. So uh, we've uh, got a new plan of attack for the Mustang, and now we kind of know where the weak point was. And we really—I don't know if you call it a weak point because we really—we know what failed. We know where that's at. I guess you have to say that is the weak point. But we can talk. We're going to talk more about that in the video of what happened to that motor. Uh, but we got another motor on order. I'm glad you didn't order what you, we thought oh, we should have ordered previous. Yeah. Because now we're going to go a different route on the car. 
okay. decided because we started looking at dollars and cents and what makes sense and what's going to be good for viewers to watch and all that kind of stuff too so stay tuned for the hunt for horsepower mel hamilton ford racing and on the 21 mustang i think there's five episodes out there now we've got a whole bunch of episodes put together because we got the episode of bg products when we're out there on the dyno oh yeah then we got the video of us at the drag strip and then we've got now we're gonna have another final video on monday that we're gonna take and put that all together and so you can see all that stuff out there with that 21 Mustang. and uh, Very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Be. So anyway, James Furman, yep, the World Outlaw Sprint Cars were at I-80 last night, and then they'll head to Lakeside tonight. And then next weekend, yeah, the World Outlaws will be at Humboldt on the 21st and 81 Speedway on the 22nd. So we got a nice little run through here with the World Outlaw Show. So a lot of places to go to see those guys and uh, those, those World Outlaw guys. And those, They're pretty serious about it. Well, they're pretty serious about it, but they also got some big cojones to drive yeah. those cars like they drive them. Yeah. They go flipping around those tracks. It don't take much for them to, to go for a ride. To, to go right on over. You know that uh, I took a, a couple of kids through a tour through the, the facility, through the dealership here, and then down to Quick Lane yesterday in the warehouse and all that stuff. And, yeah, the the mustang was definitely intriguing uh, from that side. So oh, so you showed them the mustang yeah. back here? <laughs> it, was yeah. a, it was more of a um how quick can we get to that <laughs> and talk about that type type deal and well, you know i think back to when i was that age i, I mean like i say i know that's what, that's what drew, drew me right into this industry you know uh from that side is uh it was yeah. all about uh you know going fast or trying to go faster or, yeah uh, oh yeah uh, for sure and yeah no doubt no doubt i go back and think about What's crazy with me is I remember those the stupid things I did to try to go fast. If I just would have sat back and thought things through a little bit more, whatever, not played and everything else, you know. And uh, then I watched Jake, and God dang it, he's doing the same <laughs> thing. And I'm talking back here, scratching my head. So, well, I just kind of let it go. You so know? I've I've seen uh, people at a drag strip. I've seen them take out the interior out of a car. You oh know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which okay, I I get it. Less weight, but you know, I just. Uh, uh, to to go to, to pull all the interior out of a of a vehicle, I'm just not sure what you're gonna save or what you're gonna gain by. Well, it. the other one used to blow me away too is guys would go and cut their air conditioner belt off. Yeah. Well, you gotta understand when it's not it's on, not it ain't on. it's hardly <laughs> turning anything. I remember one guy did that and comes back and he goes, "You know how stupid that was? I cut that belt off. How much it cost me because I cut that belt off, and it really ain't doing nothing." As I said, yeah. no. It really isn't. And then the other one I used to do all the time, too, and I did it, too. But, I mean, I had a different – take the air cleaner and flip it upside down. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think it really did anything, but, boy, it sure sounded cool, though, didn't it? Man, I remember uh, – uh, yeah, it's like a cold air intake or whatever, you know, yeah. from, from that side of things. But I remember <laughs> a, a customer uh, had come in, and, boy, fuel economy, that was, that uh -huh. was his thing. Yeah. And he had a notebook. Uh, a literally like a spiral binding notebook and had documented down like uh drove from you know oklahoma to uh, yeah to um dallas with air filter removed got 20 21.2 miles and then here to there uh yeah. with this vehicle and got so many miles but i mean every every little thing was just uh just noted down and he was really concerned about fuel economy and here's my thing with fuel economy if it needs it it needs it you can't argue with it that it should have got better gas or you can but you'll still end up on the side of the road if you don't uh if you don't uh if you don't get fuel so 
Yeah, you know, and that's the thing is, you know, the manufacturers go through a lot, but I know there's things also you can do to help yourself with fuel economy and stuff. But I'm going to tell you, the best thing that helps me with fuel economy is putting that fuel economy on the dash and seeing where it stays. I mean, it makes me it makes me get off accelerator. Yep. It makes me accelerate easier, uh, all that kind of stuff. And and uh, from that part, uh, so and you know, it's even even pulling that for, if the 450 pulling that too it's it's amazing for me to watch that fuel economy but you know what when you're pulling that down the road you're not going to get any fuel economy it don't yeah. matter what you're doing yeah so understand that completely i think uh let me call him back because i think i just hung up on him <laughs> hung up on him. please yeah. leave your message for yeah i uh they patched you through greg i apologize and i flat hung up on you so uh if you're if you're listening here uh i'm gonna try calling you back how about that well dang it i did it again there hello greg Yes, sir. Hey, it's uh, the Underhood Show. I apologize about that. I flat hung up on you when she dialed you through. So, <laughs> no, no stress at all. Uh, it happens sometimes, right? So, what what do we got going on today, bud? Well, I called in because you you guys were asking, you know, what's a factory assembly or manufacturing, manufacturing factory yep. that you've ever been in? And oh, uh, you know, forever ago when I was in college. Um, I actually worked for a janitorial service that serviced some factories. And so I've been in a couple of them that I thought were interesting. Uh, one was an aluminum extrusions plant. Oh, really? That is, <laughs> that is some of the messiest, nastiest stuff you'll ever see. Oh, is it really? But Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just, oh, it was, I don't know. It was in Fort Scott because um, whatever. That's where I was going to school. And anyhow. That was interesting, but the one I really wanted to share about was a Deco um, plant. Um, they made mostly belts there, but they also made hoses. And you know, so if you ever buy a Deco yep. belt, I've I've seen the gal that skives. It's called skiving, where they make them into a V belt. But it's really it's still well, 25 years ago, that was still a hand deal because you have to turn the belt inside out and put it on this deal that spins it around, and then razor blades kind of trim off the inside to make it a v-belt oh really so a razor blade trims the v in it mm -hmm. yep and then they got yep. different so I thought would be in a mold, sure. but it's not yeah. in a mold no the, they come off actually in like oh kind of a tube if i'm if you can imagine and then they get sliced to the width and then they go to skiving and at skiving they get turned inside out and this razor blade whatever you it stretches and starts to rotate it and she actuates the thing and whatever it trims off the v and then she turns it right side back out again and hangs it up to go somewhere else it's yeah it, there's still a lot of hand stuff so or there was 25 years ago I'm, yeah you know but i'm, well, I'm sure if you're still running a v-belt it's, it's similar well that's what i was just getting ready to go to is you know the v-belts have kind of went away now we're in all the serpentine belts i kind of wonder how they're kind of made the you know those belts got those grooves in them so i'm kind of wondering that's probably done by razor blade too. They probably slice those grooves in the, in the serpentine belt too. I always just thought it was a mold, like a tire. But you right. say it's in Fort Scott. I wonder if that plant's still there. You know, I don't know. I haven't gone to Fort Scott in a long time, but um, you know, the things we do when we're going to school, I mean, it's, 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I worked, I worked at uh, the Dayco plant. I worked in an aluminum extrusions place. I did. So what that, aluminum, that aluminum deal, what was, was it have oils or something they had to have to cut that aluminum or. I, you know, it was just dirty. I mean, it's, I don't know. And of course the only things I cleaned were in the office and then the bathrooms on the floor, but I yeah. just walking, walking through, it was, I don't know. It was, it was dirty everywhere. I didn't clean anything in the factory, but I'd walk, there was a bathroom towards the back. I'd have to walk back there. It was just a messy I, place. I'd, I'd love to see what that was like too. Where was that at? It's, it was also in Fort Scott. It was also Fort Scott. I got you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. They, and then they, I, I, you know, the jobs we do, I worked at a, uh, for the city of Fort Scott, they were building a, a warehouse there south of town. They were going to build it and the city agreed to do the, the gr uh, groundwork for the industrial complex. So we were flattening off one hill and filling in a valley and I drove the water truck. Water so truck. I'd have to, <laughs> that's cool. I, well, yeah, that's, you know, the other guys, you know, I was in college. Yeah. So I, I, it had like a five horse motor on the back of it and I'd go fill it up out of the hydrant and then scrapers and graders would go top off the hill and come fill it in the valley, but I'd have to spray the water. And there was a gal there from, I don't know, some service that was checking compaction levels. And sometimes it was more water. Sometimes it was less, but I don't know. Just yep. work. It's work, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Thank you. I appreciate the call. It's whatever. Thanks for calling me back. Cause I was like, man, I was going to tell him about working. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. oh man. We and and I'll be on that. Oh, I need to. I want to go back to that Deco plant. That oh, those just little to rubber, see how it changed or whatever over the years too. Right. Those those little rubber that they trim off. That stuff gets everywhere. Well, I can't I, imagine anybody goes home and feels clean. And then I was wondering about you know waste on that. The, are they able to reuse that or recycle it and put it back in the the initial stages of that process or not? You know. You know, I don't, I don't know. You know, when I now that I'm on the phone with you guys, I'm thinking of another factory I worked at. I worked at IBP in Emporia, beef yeah. processing. Oh, oh boy, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> boy. Not for me either. Well, I worked at the very, very end. I loaded semi trucks. Yeah. So yeah. I tell you what, 60,000 pounds of beef loads a, loads a trailer, and you load four of those in a night. And, you don't have to work out. You don't have to. You don't, <laughs> Your workout's you know, done, right? You're not leaving there and going to the gym is what you're saying. <laughs> you know, that's exactly right. Greg, you know, I race in Dodge City, and as I go down 400 all the way through there, the last where I take my left-hand turn to the, towards the track, I go past that uh, big processing plant there in Dodge City. I mean, that thing's massive, and there's just semis lined up everywhere uh, doing that yep. deal. So I'd about imagine how many, what goes through that big old plant stuff, too. Crazy. Yep. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, hey, Greg, thanks yeah, for the call, brother. Sorry about much. hanging up on you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Bye See you, buddy. Have a good day, man. Anyway, Matt West, good morning, Matt. Uh, what's going on at I-80? Or I guess maybe you're headed to uh, Lakeside now. So uh, I don't know if you or Nick wants to call in and give us an update on uh, how your night was at I-80. Love to hear from you, too. So you or Nick, give us a shout. Tell us what's going on, where you're headed, and uh, where Mel Hamilton Racing's headed next. And I guess it's Lakeside. So uh, give us a shout if you want to, too. Okay. So anyway, Josh. Uh, we kind of covered a lot of stuff here already this morning yeah, we did. and, uh, yeah. that was a great call from yeah, it was. Greg. Yeah. That, uh, you know, I think just any assembly plan of, uh, you know, there's always, uh, and then two, he was talking about it being 25 years ago. I can't imagine how that's changed. You know, oh, they, they, I bet it's drastically changed. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Going to a processing plant. Ooh, boy, howdy. <laughs> no, thank you. 
not sure that'd be uh, be what I'd want to mm-hmm. do. But uh, before we took the call, we started in on sponsors and talking about sponsors and talking about BG and and oh, yeah. that the that they do for us or you know and the partnership that we have with those guys. And <clears throat> I will I will say just the amount of research and development that they put into these vehicles and uh, just knowing that we're offering a quality product. You know, because there is a lot. You snake can, oil. Yeah, you can go to a to a parts house or a parts store, and man, the just the difference in products that are available to a consumer, but then also the price points at which these products are available. You know, if you get a fuel cleaner or for a dollar ninety nine, you're you're not really buying a fuel cleaner. You know, there's just no way. No. Um, and you know, you had mentioned uh, about. Uh, you know, when, when we were down there and all the testing uh, that they did on competitors' products, you know, and just to make sure that or uh, the comparison of their products to other products um, or what their products uh, can add to like any motor oil, uh, you know, if you have a specific motor oil that you want to run and then what the, what the BG additive would you know, also be a benefit to put with that oil, uh, to accent that oil. So it's, uh, and then I think too, of all the research and development that they would have to do just for weights of oil, for example, you know, how many different weights of oil there are out there or how many different manufacturers of oil there are out (laughs) there and to make sure that product is, uh, you know, compatible with all that stuff or coolants, you know, the, the number of coolants out there is crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that is a great partnership we have with BG, and like you said, I love those uh, issues, you know, things we have with them guys, and uh, uh, just knowing, like you said, it's a good product, and you're not just putting something in your tank that doesn't work. Uh, and the, the, how they prove it is they go put it on the dyno, mm-hmm. and they do the stuff and show that, and then it's, it's amazing when they take one of our vehicles and they and uh, do a put it on the dyno, then they go do the services and come back and show you how much better things performing how much more horsepower there how much more torque there is and the fuel economy and everything else that goes into that and everything else too uh from that part so looks like we've got nick coming through huh yeah we'll get him uh patched through here as well and so you know and talk about assembly plants the the assembly plant there at bg is pretty impressive too that that plant over in el dorado i remember too in that but uh let's go to the phones let's talk to <coughs> nick nick you're on live with under the hood go ahead are y'all having fun yet loads every day loads. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, so how's everything in I eighty? I eighty was was phenomenal. They had uh, the World of Outlaw Sprint Car Series. They had thirty nine four ten sprint cars last night. So um, it was one heck of a one heck of a show. Of course, I eighty Speedway uh, is closing after this season. So. Um, Last night was the last uh, the last time that the World of Outlaws will get to race at I eighty. Um, I think they've been coming there every year since uh, like nineteen ninety five or something like that. So uh, um, kind of uh, kind of sad for the teams and the Kasiski family, but uh, after the races tonight, I eighty Speedway closes indefinitely. Um, definitely been one of the premier places to race in this part of the country but 
Yeah, uh, it'd definitely be sad to see it go. But um, well, I wish someone would jump in there and buy that thing. I think that thing was a little bit closer to us, Nick. We'd be in there looking at that thing, but it's just too far away for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to jump I in that bandwagon too, but boy, it would be nice someone to step up and and uh, do something with that racetrack. Because Kaczynski's have had some good success with it. I know they're just tired. I think that's part of it, isn't it, Nick? They're just tired. Yeah, they are. And and uh, you know, I had a pretty uh, good conversation with Joe Kaczynski last night. And uh, you know, I think uh, you know they've been doing it for so long, and uh, he's 65 now, and he's kind of wanting to slow down and kind of enjoy time with his family. You know, because if it, you know, Friday nights they race I-80, Saturday and Sunday they're somewhere with their late model series, and Monday through Friday they're running their auto parts recycling business. And you know, I think the the Kasiskis are just kind of ready to slow down and kind of enjoy uh, enjoy time with their family and and uh, you know maybe doing some other things. You know, they've been you know they've been they've been trying to get. Uh, you know, trying to get, you know, out of running the racetrack for a few years now, but they've been holding out as long as they possibly could because they, they don't want it to go away. They've been trying to find an investor or somebody to lease it and trying everything they can to, to keep it a racetrack because it, you know, it just means so much to them and so much to the racing community in Nebraska. But, uh, I think they've just kind of reached a point where they just, uh, they just kind of have to make a decision. Well, maybe what they need to do is give it a year. And, uh, hopefully it won't go turn into something else or they sell it to make it into something else, or it doesn't turn into like the track out West of Hutchies is just a bunch of weeds and everybody yeah. destroyed it or whatever. So maybe they give it a break, give it a year and maybe somebody will come around and then uh, jump on a thing. I wish it was a little closer. I can promise you that. Uh, but it's yeah. too far away yeah. for us to do something with that part, but maybe somebody here in the next year, if they can keep the thing maintained and keep it okay, uh, that would still be worthwhile for someone to jump in. You know, I, there's a couple of tracks I think in Oklahoma have kind of done, they go away for a little bit and then they're back in again and that kind of thing too. So maybe that can be yeah. what happens. I don't know. What needs to happen? Let's put it that way for racing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just for the you know, just for the sake of racing in general, you know, like I said, that's you know, that's uh, one of our trends. Definitely, you know, one of the biggest attended tracks in Nebraska, and they bring the biggest races. And um, you know, they have the uh, the silver the silver dollar race. So you know, every summer with the Lucas Oil Eight Model Series, they're fifty three thousand to win, and the World of Outlaw. And they pay them in silver dollars too, don't they? Fifty-three thousand. Um, they so. used to. I, I, don't, know, man. I don't know. They don't do it anymore. But I know that. I know they used to. They used to <laughs> pay it out in silver dollars. <laughs> I mean, so pros and cons. If you're going to give me fifty-three thousand dollars, I'll take it in silver dollars. <laughs> I guess I don't know. The uh, worst part about that is what it takes to win that fifty. Yeah, what well, you just yeah. spent to get that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what you spent to make yeah. that happen for sure. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and you guys are headed to Lakeside tonight. We are. We're headed to Lakeside Speedway in Kansas City tonight uh, for uh, the World Outlaws again. Probably expect about the same turnout. Um, should be another great race. Uh, Hoosier was able to stock us up with uh, quite a bit and a variety of inventory for those guys. So we've had, you know, everything that they've needed and and uh, been able to work with a lot of the teams, getting them geared up on tires. And uh, so had a had a very successful night last night. So uh, hoping for another great night tonight. And uh, then we'll be headed back towards Wichita tomorrow morning. So, so are you in Kansas City yet or are you still in Nebraska? 
So we are in uh, St. Joseph, Missouri. So we're about uh, pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty, uh, thirty miles or so from the from the racetrack. We uh, we got out of the um, we got out of the racetrack about eleven thirty last night. Got here to our hotel about two o'clock this morning. Sounds about what I, time I got to bed last night. About two o'clock. Yep. So just uh, just now getting up and getting around, getting ready to uh, head across the street to the Starbucks to get a little energy, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be off. So. We'll be off. And then you're staying the night in Kansas City tonight. Yeah, if you've ever been to Lakeside Speedway, you know the uh, the uh, exit strategy for getting out of the parking lot is uh, <laughs> is not fun. Last year. Uh, Last year, I uh, got in the truck about 10.30 p.m. and uh, exited the parking lot at 11.45 after the Outlaws race. So yep. there's, a, there's, only, there's only one drive in and one drive out, and there's a railroad track that goes right across the driveway, and a train comes through about every 15 minutes and puts everything at a screeching halt. So that's... Uh, yeah, they need to build a bridge of that thing, don't they? <laughs> I know it. I know they do. So, yeah. But uh, other than that, Lakeside's an awesome track. It's always a good. Uh, it's always a good time when the Outlaws come there. It's it's big and fast, like I eighty, and uh, so always excited to go there and and uh, watch them go around there. All right. Well, that sounds good, Nick. Uh, have fun in, in Lakeside. We got a van loading up, taking more parts back up to Salina. I didn't hear how everything went at Enid last night. It's Enid a two day show. Enid is a two-day show. Um, uh, they had a pretty decent night last night. They've got about uh, 70 cars in the pits. I think they had uh, 16 or 18 A mods last night. Cole Trugit, um won in his uh, won in his Mullins car by quite the margin, from what I understand. Did he? Um, and. And then uh, tonight they've got the uh, sooner late models, um, and then all the regular support classes again. But uh, Enid's moved their uh, race time up to three o'clock today because there's a chance of a chance of rain later on in the evening. So uh, they're going to try to get that race in, and get it over with. So, well, like I said, we're making another trip to Salina to take some stuff up there. We sold out of some 110 fuel. I wonder. Uh, I haven't heard anybody out of Enid. Do they need anything at Enid? Do we know? Do we need to call and see? Who's um, as far as I know, I talked to them this morning. They're uh, they're good to go. They're good so. to go. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, they're working over in parts right now, getting the van ready to head back up to Salina. We had a good night there last night and stuff too. So we had an awesome night there in Salina last night. So uh, how how did you how did you end up? I think uh, I maybe missed our group text or something. Uh, well, maybe I didn't get this. Yeah, maybe I didn't get it. Well, I thought I did, but who knows? Uh, yeah, we started and I redrew ninth, and, you know, that's part of the IMC part of that deal. It just drives me crazy <laughs> to have to go draw a stick to see where you're going to start instead of earn your position and stuff, too. But, again, the rules are rules. Yeah. Everybody's got to play by them. You just got to learn how to play the game. And uh, so, anyway, it started uh, ninth, and uh, within a couple laps, he's in fourth. And then, basically, it was him and Clay Sellard and uh, Stephen Bowers were the top three. They were kind of run away with it. And then Bowers broke with about three to go. Uh, looked like he broke a right front shock or something. And then and, uh, Clay and Jake kind of went at it, and Jake just didn't quite have enough and uh, finished second. And uh, so, end of, end of a season, ready to start next one. And uh, 
Jake's uh, kind of a little down and out. He didn't finish the season on a win. He wanted it pretty bad. He was driving his butt off to get up there. Just didn't quite have enough to to get there. But uh, we got second. But, you know, it's still been a good year for Team 3J, that's for sure. That That is for sure. It's been a, it's been a great season. So Yep. So. Okay, fellas. Well, have a great day. And uh, we will see you back in the shop on Monday morning, okay? All right. Have fun and uh, sell a lot of tires, buddy. Uh, we're going to keep unloading them, let me tell you. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Thanks, Jake. Bye, guys. Bye. All right, uh, Josh, we're kind of running out of time here and uh, been some good calls there and stuff from that yep. part. Yep. A lot of things happen in the racing world and everything else, too. But uh, like I said, it's kind of winding down for the dirt track. But here comes the go cars <laughs> and here we go. And then next thing you know, we'll be ready for the Chili Bowl. Then we'll be ready for our race open house yeah, and open kick house, this season yep. off again. And, and away we'll go from that part, too. So. It's time to time – to, uh, there was a, used to be a sh show on TV. I don't even remember what the heck it was, but it was uh, – Oh, uh, it was oh the trick my truck or they were rebuild semis for guys and it was uh that guy was always saying tear down <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Well, that's yep. what Jeremy just texted me. Oh, we're gonna be bored for the next four months. No, no. we're not. I got a, we got a lot of stuff to do rip to get it ready. Apart. <laughs> uh, to, well, basically what we're doing there, Josh, is that car is going to get retired, kind of. But I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to put it exactly. Like it is. I think I'm gonna put a new body on it and just have it for a backup car because I wish I'd had a backup car at Boone. Yeah. But then I guess gotta figure out how to store it and what to do with it. And then in case I do need it to where it's ready to go and all that kind of stuff and and uh, that part. But it's been a great car. I can't thank Buddy and Tanner Mullins for the awesome race car that's been. That thing's about uh six years old. Crazy. It's been a fantastic car. Like Jake said, he was hate to retire the old girl. I said, Yeah, me too, but yeah. Who knows? We might have to bring her back out. Maybe you're going to be as fast as the old car. You never know. Never so. hurts to have a backup plan. Never does. That's exactly correct. So, hey, everybody, uh, it's been a great show. Uh, can't thank everybody for watching and listening, all the great comments, everything else in that part. And love to talk to you each and every Saturday. And uh, one more time, we got to go back through these BG products, yep. all the great maintenance products we have with those guys, the great partnership with those guys. And I promise you, when you do a BG service with us, you're getting something that's great and helping your car live a lot longer. Big Corner Creative, all your advertising needs, uh, anything to help advertise your company. As they say, just Google us. And then when you Google them, you'll find out all the things they do from helping your business grow, web page design. He's got a great group of guys that are doing web page design. Then we've got some designers doing all the wraps and all the big trucks and all the things. And we've got a 50-foot trailer coming in this week yep. uh, to wrap up. And so I'll be in the warehouse for a little bit, pull some of them parts trailers out or something, Josh, to give them room to work on that. We've got to build a building for Big Corner Creative, all the things they got going on, all the big trucks they got <laughs> going on too. So, hey, and go to rent. Hey, we're trying to work that inventory up a little bit better for standing with it. Go to rent. If you're needing some vehicles for the holiday weekend, I suggest get your reservation in early because we're still down about half that fleet over there. Uh, so he's got the 10 and 12 and 15 passenger vans for you. And uh, if you need something to get to Grandma's house, you better grab it soon uh, to make sure you're taken care of. Everybody have a great Saturday. We'll talk to you next Saturday.